We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Food for thought. Roto Grinders, NFL discussion. You're tuned in. The Luch and the Chief were back for another week. The season's winding down. Boy, oh boy, I had a terrible week in daily fantasy sports and sports gambling. But did I enjoy some of the football we had? And we called some shots. We're, we're seeing some of these heated discussions that we've been having and the tangents we've been going off on. A lot of it played out in week 14 Sunday. Will Priester, what's up? Nothing much, brother. Happy to come on and yet again, you know, talk about some of these things in the form of our recap. And uh, the no faith league strikes again, and it started Thursday night. Once, once the Steelers lost to the Patriots, I already knew the shenanigans were on their way for Sunday. And yet again, Luch, we see teams just dying by the dozens. What do you, what are you saying, Chief? Teams that should be winning football games lost their way into a Sunday matchup and walk out with a defeat. This week's culprits, Luch of the No Faith League come in the form of none other than the Houston Texans going into uh, New York and MetLife. And we're thinking, oh, my goodness, Zach Wilson is back starting. It's a, such a tumultuous time for the Jets organization. Obviously, C.J. Stroud lo- leaves the game with the concussion, but I don't care. They got drubbed 30-6. to six. The Colts, we see them – they're playing the Bengals. We're thinking, hey, maybe this is a team that, that has a shot at, at getting into the playoffs, and they still do. But Jake Browning shows us, hey, maybe last week wasn't a fluke. 34-14 Bengals, Colts. Uh, the, the Jaguars go into the dog pound to play the Browns, and the aging, ever so aging, Joe Flacco, and they get beat 31-27. to Oh, my goodness. The Detroit Lions, leading the NFC North, go into Chicago, Soldier Field. Ladies and gentlemen, Bears put a stomping 
on the Detroit Lions, 28 to 13. The 49ers are who we thought they were. The Chargers are who we thought they were. The, Bron the Broncos went in there and got a W easily. Had some shenanigans in the Chiefs game. We'll come back to that. Our good friends up in Philly. We've been talking about it. The Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, Philly had to go into Jerry's world. It wasn't pretty, folks. Turnovers to start the game. Turnovers in the middle of the game. Turnovers to close the game. And the Cowboys just kept scoring points. Brandon Aubrey, three kicks over 50 yards. That does not exclude all the other touchdowns that this team scored. Dallas just put a mighty molly the Philadelphia Eagles. Folks, the no faith league was in full effect yet again in week 14. Yeah, two big spots we need to start in. And one's in Philadelphia with Dallas, and the other one is the Kansas City Buffalo game. Let's start. Let's start with the Wambulance. Somebody call the Wambulance. All I heard yesterday between 7 Eastern and midnight was all sorts and forms and variations of crying and whining, whether it was coming from the Kansas City Chiefs fans and followers or directly from the Kansas City Chiefs themselves. Let's talk about the call. And you know what call I'm talking about. Kadarius Tony was on the line. He was lined up in the neutral zone. Now, before we even dive into that, hell of a play from Travis Kelsey to lateral that potato. Not even a lateral. That was a BB. It was a finessed, you know, dart on the money to Kadarius Tony, who was behind him. That was the legal part of the play, which could have won the football game. Uh, just, you know, amazing heads up football IQ play from one of the best, not only tight ends, but players of all time in Travis Kelsey. And of course, that play didn't count. I'm sure if you're tuning into this podcast, it's not the first form of football media you're listening to since Sunday. But if you were living under a rock, that play would have all you know, would have likely won the Chiefs the game. But Kadarius Tony lined up in the neutral zone, uh, so that play was nullified, and it was an objective call. Like like it was a it was it was a penalty. It wasn't some subjective. Well, was it holding? Well, was it a late hit? Well, was there roughing the passer? There was no subjectiveness about where he was standing before the ball was snapped. So, listen, dude, Chief Will Priester, I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. And maybe the the biggest combination of talent and athleticism that we've seen at the position in a really long time. And, of course, the Chiefs have done a hell of a lot of winning. Since you and I have known each other, you know, how long have we known each other? A couple of years. They've done nothing but win and win Super Bowls on top of that. And they've carried themselves and conducted themselves like champions. I, I have, To this point, I've had nothing bad to say about Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid, uh, honestly. And you know what? They seem like good people, good human beings. This is not me, you know, crapping on their character or who they are as people. But for both of them to get up after that game and, and like all this stuff's on the mic for Patrick Mahomes to be livid on the sideline, whoever he was trying to go after, whether it was the referees or whatever, for him to go up to Josh Allen. They've dueled many times in big games, playoff games, Super Bowl, you know, Super Bowl chips are on the table. And pretty much every time Mahomes has been on the right side of these matchups with Josh Allen and the Bills, 
for him to not even say good game, played a hell of a game, to just say that was one of the worst calls I've ever seen and not even give us a, an inkling of sportsmanship to not carry himself, you know, like the like the decorated champion he is, like the good guy who he seems to very well be. I thought it was really out of character. Uh, and for Andy Reid, right? This guy's been in football for decades. I have nothing but respect for both of these guys. You know, I don't know them personally, but Andy Reid seems like a stand-up guy. He's never done anything that I'm like, well, this guy, I don't know. You know, never gave me any of those vibes. You know, stays in his lane, is very respectful. You know, for him to say that it's an embarrassment for the league and for Patrick Mahomes to say that that place should have stood is completely asinine to me, Will Priester. I don't know what side of the line you're on in this discussion because we haven't talked about it off the air, but I'm really curious to hear your take on it. Well, let me say this. Um, first off, this is to me, this was a black and white play because what I did, Luch, I knew that I knew this is something we were going to talk about. I've watched, I've watched the evolution of how this whole play took place from start to finish, right? Just to make sure I could give an accurate account during our discussion. So here's how this play went. And, and, and if, if I get anything wrong, Luch, please just say, oh, Chief, well, you, you missed something there. Here's how this play went. Chiefs line up. Kadarius Tony lines up. I don't see Kadarius Tony looking check with the line judge. All receivers check with the line judge, just and even though he was tight. How many times, Luch, do you watch a play unfold? Receiver goes out, they check, look, they say, hey, we're good. They say they're good. If not, they say no. And then what do you see the receiver do if they're not good? They take a little step back away from the line of scrimmage to ensure that they're lined up correctly. Kadarius Tony lines up, his eye is on the center, on the ball, on the snap, on the play call. That's where Kadarius Tony is. Here's something else I watched for Luch. Was it a delayed flag? Did it come out after the play unfolded or did it come out right away? Go back and watch the film. As soon as the ball is snapped, you see a yellow flag flying through the air, landing onto the grass, which means what? The line judge was ready to throw this thing right away. There was no delay. It wasn't like, oh, he was offside. I missed that. No. As soon as the ball was snapped, Luch, the flag flies through the air. I don't care how great the play was with Travis Kelsey. I don't care that he caught the ball and threw it back. I don't care that Kadarius Tony scored a touchdown. I don't care what's happened in the past. Here's what happened today. Kadarius Tony should have kept his toe off of the line of scrimmage. And if nothing else, Luch, don't cover up the football. The line judge couldn't even see the football. Right? So I don't want to hear this crap, right? If you're gonna, if you're gonna get all the glory, then you gotta have some guts. And guess what? This I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes is a bad person either. Patrick Mahomes has been a, a consummate professional, right? <clears throat> whenever whenever he's called upon, the, listen, these receivers have dropped thirty plus passes this year already. I haven't hear I haven't heard him blame not one receiver. But here's the but here are the facts: the Chiefs are not as good as they've been in the past. But but it's for varying reasons. One reason is that they make too many mistakes. Right. Like when, when we watch Andy Reid football teams, what do we talk about? Execution and coming off of the bye, how great they are and all of these other things. Their execution has been poor this season. Penalties. Not catching the football. Turnovers. The defense has kept them in some of these games. Right. That they probably should not have even been in. 
but the defense has kept them in. How many times has Kadarius Tony cost him a win this season? Two or three? How many times has Sky Moore cost him first downs? Two or three? How many times? Even Travis Kelsey fumbled at the end, 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 of, end, of, a, end of a drive late, cost him a game. Uh, you know, Rasheed Rice, as good as he's been and as much volume as he's picked up recently, he's been dropping passes. We've seen MVS drop passes. We've seen Justin Watson drop passes. We've seen Noah Gray just be non-existent sometimes. Like, I'd be trying to get Noah Gray more involved. He's probably more sure-handed than half of the receivers. We've seen them ratchet up, right? We've seen them ratchet up the run game with um, – with uh, my good friend, Sonic the Hedgehog, Isaiah Pacheco, right? We've seen we've seen them ratchet up the run game. We've seen them phase out CEH for some reason. I don't know what CEH did to somebody. He, he must have stole somebody's girlfriend in the front office. He just got completely phased out. So here's my thing, Luke. I don't know. I'm not a football coach, right? I'm not a football Let's say football savant. I'm more of a basketball savant because that's that was my main sport. That's the sport I played. That's the sport I diagnosed. That's the sport I coach. That's the sport I'm best at in terms of real life playing. So I'm not here to to challenge the brilliance of Andy Reid. What I am saying is you've had a lot of holes and problems with this team, and we continue to see the same problems every week. Now, I'm not saying Andy Reid needs to get fired. That's not what I'm saying, right? Because the players have to go play. You got X's and O's, and then you got Jim's and Joe's. The players have to go and perform. But at some point, Luch, somebody in the front office has got to start making better decisions. We lost Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is doing just fine. In fact, his production has increased. Since Tyreek Hill left the team, they won a Super Bowl last year with this same roster, pretty much. But for some reason, it's just not clicking. Here's something else that's happening around them, Luce, and I think we don't want to acknowledge. The teams around them are going to, the teams around them in the AFC and the NFC, they're going to continue to get better, right? They're continuing to add weapons to the pile. Now, how these teams use those weapons, hey, it, it could go one way or the other. But Kansas City is not adding enough talent to really compete. They're trying to, to, in my mind, they're treating Patrick Mahomes like Tom Brady too early. Whoa, I bet nobody thought we were going to say that today. They are treating Patrick Mahomes like he's Tom Brady too early because of the early success. Tom Brady has, you know, over the years, he proved, right, that he could carry no names all the way to a championship. Patrick Mahomes has only done it once, and they wanted him to do it again, and it's not happening. Do you see what I'm saying, Luke? Like, look, if, if we're going to paint Mahomes as one of the elites, one of the greats, and from a talent perspective, absolutely. But I think this team thought they were in the middle of a dynasty, and guess what? They're not. This is not a dynasty. And, and, yeah. and if they don't fix it, if they don't get more talent, if they don't get better offensive linemen, if they don't figure out the wide receiver room, if these guys don't figure out a way to get on track, Kelsey's going to get aged off the team. And then we're just going to have Patrick Mahomes and who? He's already getting there. He's We're, we're almost there. If all the but, time but, is but, undefeated. But, you're right. But that's, what, but that's what I'm saying. This is Gronk. This is, this is Antonio Gates. Gronk – some point within the next three seasons, Kelsey's going to be about out of there. 
And then how are we going to view Patrick Mahomes if the wins don't continue? If the championship success doesn't continue, if the AFC championships don't continue to materialize. Here's what we're going to say, Luke. One of the greatest talents in NFL history. He's got the rings already. He got them so early, kind of like Rodgers, right? He got them so early until he's already going to be cemented. But the level of excellence, and I'm going to treat him just like Aaron Rodgers. I'm not holding punches here. As Aaron Rodgers continued to play, what did we see, Luke? He had the stats, but he couldn't close the deal. Couldn't get past that NFC Championship. Couldn't get back to the Super Bowl. And in my mind, if they don't fix this, we're going to see what people label as one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time. And he's going to be playing on eight and eight football teams. Nine, you get what I'm saying? Eight and nine football teams. What, however you want to say. And I'm not saying that to exaggerate. I'm saying if the Ravens keep playing, we know Joe Burrow's been out. He's coming back, and, and, and the Cincinnati Bengals are still there. What happens if the Buffalo, if the Bills fix whatever's going on in their locker room, which seems to possibly be fixed anyway? You, you see what I'm saying? This thing could spiral out of control quickly when this team thought, Luke, that they had another three to four years of a window. They have no window. The window's gone. It's well, Patrick Mahomes and a bunch of misfits. That's have- what's going on in Kansas City. They have a little bit of money next year, so who are the, has that front office proven to you that they're going to go out and get elite talent? No, but they have to. You're right. It doesn't mean they won't. It doesn't mean they won't. But another Luke, thing is, you look. They, you look they at might the, not though. So if they don't, because here's the thing. Okay, who are they going to go get? And then are they going to fix their offensive line problem? The defense, great... the defense is fine. But but you get loose. We've talked about this. It doesn't matter how great you are. You can get to a Super Bowl with middle-level quarterback play and an elite offensive line and a great defense. We saw Peyton Manning do it in Denver. Yeah. We've seen Tom Brady do it with, with no talent around him. Right? So, at, at, because guess what? Here's the other thing, Luch, and I, I promise I'm going to hand it back because I, I know we've talked about this team a lot. Not only is Kelsey going to get phased out, I know Patrick's young, but every year he's getting older. Every year. And, yeah, his mind's going to get stay sharp. I, I get that. But for someone that relies on pure talent and escapability, that's going to elude him at some point. At some point, that's not going to be there. Where, where are the pieces going to be around him that can help him sustain excellence? I don't trust his front office to bring in Randy Moss. No, I, I know you get my reference. I don't trust them. But if, if there's going to be a, a, a time to do it, it's now. This is a great offseason for. You know, they could have got DeAndre Hopkins last season. They, they should have, but they didn't. But there's a they handful. They Stefan Diggs at some, at some point. Maybe this season won't work out. Maybe they won't win the Super Bowl. And I don't think they will. And I know you don't think they will. No, 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 no. I, I don't think they're going this year. Do they have a shot? Yes. Yes. I think the AFC still wide open and we'll continue that discussion but you look at the upcoming nfl unrestricted free agents there's a handful of aging but still you know mid wide receiver to high end wide receiver ones that are available that'll be looking for like two or three year contracts so give me three prove it. give me prove three it now prove it now like they give need me to three loops they need to prove it now and bring in mike evans right i mean you want to talk a guy who's been through it all reliable big target 
if I'm Patrick Mahomes, I go to the front office and say, you're bringing me Mike Evans next season. You whiffed on DeAndre Hopkins. You whiffed on Sky Moore. Justin Ross can't see the field. Marcus Valdez. You give me Marcus Valdez Scantling? Like, you get rid of my guy Tyreek? You're bringing me Mike Evans or I'm not going to be happy. And you know I have leverage on the whole organization. That's what I say if I'm Patrick Mahomes. You know? Do you think Evans leaves the, the Buccaneers after all those years and continuing to just yeah. – I mean, listen, bro, he's Hall of Fame. Like, I mean, he's got, what, 10, 11, 1,000-yard seasons now? I think What was this season? Was it 10 or 11? Uh, I uh, I think it was – I think it's 10. Uh, so this is his 10th season over 1,000 yards consecutively. Right, Hall of Famer. Like, like right. bro, and he's, How- got, and, he's, and he's got a ring. He's in. He's in. Yeah, but it's I mean, insane. hey. Why not? He that guy is competitive. He's a gamer. There are very, very few, and I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Doesn't really matter who you know. If you want to tell your kids one day, I played with the two best quarterbacks that ever lived. It might be Patrick Mahomes, might be that second guy. But when it's all said and done, uh, you know, go rent a condo for a year in Kansas City and go play for a year with Patrick Mahomes. I, I'm not saying it's gonna be Mike Evans, but that would be the fit of all fits, uh, in my opinion. But anyway, like the the story here is. You're right. They need to make some changes. They're not a juggernaut. Last week, I said, and you pretty much agreed, that maybe there's no Tier 1 team in the NFL, and Tier 2 was full of a bunch of guys, a bunch of teams. Well, Tier 1 is San Francisco, and Tier 2 is still cluttered with a bunch of teams like Kansas City, uh, in my opinion. Listen, here's what I will say. after Because what we need to see the Cowboys win this game. Right. But we needed to see it be convincing. Like, it couldn't be a 30 to 27. It was pretty convincing yesterday. Like, I would say in terms of where teams are today, give me San Francisco, give me Dallas, give me the Ravens tier one. Hold that And, I, and I'll go 1A, 1B, 1C. Hold I'm going to give the Ravens a pass for the weather. I, I, like, I like that. Hold that thought. The last thing I'll say about the Chiefs, and these guys have been, you know, Mahomes and Andy Reid, like you said, have been professionals, high class, you know, pent up, pent up frustration since the opening week of this season, for sure. Oh, for man. sure. For sure. For sure. That was like frustration and you know, whatever, it, you know, I'd rather them do it in person and like have the cojones to do it like in person, than go on Twitter and start deleting tweets like Darius Tony so often did. Like, <laughs> like I'd rather them do it in person. I have more respect for you going off in person, even if you're blatantly wrong, than going online and just typing a bunch of garbage. I will say this. You see the AFC playoff picture and how congested it is and how these teams are just kind of all beating up on each other right now because it's the no faith league. Not only do you have Mahomes in this mega contract, and he's the best quarterback in the league, no doubt. Yes, the front office needs to put up so so we can shut up about it in the offseason and bring in someone else. It's such a team sport. You can have a generational quarterback and a generational play caller, and you still might not get to the AFC Championship. That's how many pieces it takes to you know fill out this NFL offensive puzzle. But not only do you have that, but you look at the AFC South, you have four more promising quarterbacks on rookie contracts. Those are the windows. Those teams are going to continue to be aggressive. The Tennessee Titans might get mollywhopped by Miami, but Will Levis has shown us something. They're leading the league in cap space heading into 2024. They're going to have a top 10 draft pick. Jacksonville, can they bring Calvin Ridley back? 
They still have Travis Etienne. Trevor Lawrence has been banged up all year, and he's starting to, you know, he's still making plays, you know, keeping Jacksonville competitive despite the loss, um, you know, against Cleveland this week. C.J. Stroud, you can't say enough about C.J. Stroud. He's hands down right now the best quarterback in this draft class. You have stud receivers on young contracts as well between Nico Collins, Tank Dell. You know, you have um, Damian Pierce we can figure it out. That gives you ammunition to figure out the defensive side of the ball and the offensive line. They're going to be scary, too. You have all these teams that are where the Chiefs were in the beginning of their dynasty window when Mahomes was on that rookie deal, when they could afford guys, you know, like Tyree Kill, you know, more pieces on the defensive side of the ball, like the Honey Badger. You know, you have these, you know, four to seven other teams that have promising up-and-coming quarterbacks who aren't quite maybe ready right now. But next year, it's going to be even scarier, you know, for a team that doesn't have as much flexibility. Like, they have some money next year, but if they wouldn't even sweeten the pot and bring DeAndre Hopkins into town this year, like you said, that's a major flop, and hopefully, you know, they learn from that error. Excuse me. But before we get into Philly and Dallas in this kind of lopsided elephant in the room, because these were two of the most massive, you know, situations on the Sunday slate, is... A big win for Buffalo. I did bet that 35 to 1 last week. They went in Arrowhead, got it done, you know, with all the dramatics and theatrics involved. And that number went down to 18 to 1. The rest of the Bills' schedule is rough. They have Dallas, they have Miami, they have the Chargers in New England. I think they're going to have to win three. It'll be exciting, though. It was fun to get that number on Buffalo. We will see what happens uh, and see if they can sneak in. Anyway, that's all I have to say about Kansas City and the Bills. And if you want to segue into you know more of this Eagles Dallas discussion, have at it, my friend. Well, I think for the Eagles in Dallas, um, we just needed to see. Remember, I think we just needed to see who's going to come out of this game. Now, the difference between these two teams right now for me, Luch, is Dallas still has some contenders in front of them that if they beat these contenders, like I think, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, they've got to go to Buffalo, they've got to go to Miami. If Dallas comes out triumphant over those two teams, Luch, and I don't even – so here's what I think about those games. I don't think they have to win by 20. I think if they can get one of these games convincingly, let's say they beat Buffalo by, you know, 10 to 12 points, right? I think that's going to be enough to say, okay, like clearly Cowboys tier one team. If they if they beat both of these teams, then I think we're really going to feel like okay, like they they beat real really good quality competition in three of the last four weeks, right? I think we're going to start to say okay. At this point, it's in the NFC, it's them and it's San Francisco because they won't see each other again until the playoffs, as long as they both win. So it feels like the Cowboys and the 49ers might be on a collision course, loot like the early '90s, early to mid '90s when it felt like every season. Right. The, the, the 49ers and Cowboys won this collision course. So I, I feel that way as long as the Cowboys beat these quality opponents. I don't think we got to waste time on the Eagles because I think we saw this coming weeks and weeks ago. Because if you remember, one of the things we talked about loose together was. If we were going to call out the Minnesota Vikings last season for their style of play and the way they were winning, then why were we giving the Eagles a pass this season? when they were playing the same style of football. So, so think about this, Luch. How did Minnesota play last year? 
really bad secondary. You could throw all over them, and they just found ways to win games late, won a lot of close games. And then what happened? They got bounced in the playoffs. What were we seeing from the Eagles? And that's what I'm saying. We got to be honest with ourselves. We were literally watching the same type of season unfold. But because they got to the Super Bowl the year before, we kept giving them a pass. Say, oh, it'll turn around. It'll come. No, it didn't turn around. The secondary has been bad. People have been able to pass all over them. And Hurts and the crew in the office just found ways to maneuver and win games late. But once again, you know, when they play more complete football teams, they've had trouble. And Dallas, you know has been a more complete football team. And so the Eagles this year are last year's Minnesota Vikings. We just don't want to admit that. But that's the case. I still have friends around here. It's amazing I have friends. But, you know, (laughs) someone texted me, oh, you know, they just can't play complete games. I, I said, stop. Will you stop? Like, that's just who they are. They make errors. They make mental errors. They have no creativity on defense. We had Bobby V come on the pod a month and a half ago. You know, big uh, uh, Madden gamer, you know, Twitch affiliate, Twitch partner. Uh, He knows Eagles. He knows football. He plays DFS. They send the same four rushers every play. They don't blitz. They don't mix it up. We thought, okay, maybe you're saving it for the playoffs. Maybe you can coast in. Well, you lose three in a row. Could have been four if you factor in the Valdez-Scantling drop. And, you know, it's about if you're not going to show anything in these pivotal divisional games, then you just don't have it. And such talent on paper. Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Like, Jalen Hurts has had some issues this year. Like, he'll have the rushing stats. He gets the one-yard plunges. He's showed some brilliance. He can extend plays with the best of them. We've seen kind of shaky decision-making from Hurts all season long, right? We, 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 we've seen these things happen. We've seen the Eagles abandon the run at times. We've seen suspect play calling at times. We've seen frustrations from A.J. Brown at times. We saw him try to you – know, uh, kudos to Howie Roseman. He's trying, man. He's trying. He went out and got Kevin Byard, right? There's not much of the NFL market in the middle of the season. Kevin Byard hasn't helped at all. I mean, it hasn't gotten any better. He went out. He, he's bringing in, uh, you know, Shaq Leonard. Last-ditch efforts to try to put Band-Aids, you know – over the over the water leak here he's trying and, and maybe as Shaq gets acclimated like maybe he helps them a little but he's not the coverage he's not a coverage no. linebacker right yeah. but kudos to them for trying bring not stopping and bring people in holding people accountable i get it like but this is who the eagles are they're not a complete football team is dallas a complete football team they're close they're showing that they're close I don't know if they are. I still think, you know, I think you made a really accurate kind of assessment. San Francisco is alone right now on top of this league in terms of, you know, where we're ranking them. And then that second tier, you know, you, you mentioned Dallas, Baltimore. Are you, are you, 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 I'm holding the line on the Eagles being, they're too talented to be any lower. Like, you know, they turned the ball over like, like, like fiends yesterday, right? Three giveaways, three fumbles lost. Like they had some serious drives. You know, if you can't stop a nosebleed, any competent pass attack is going to bring it down in the fourth quarter. Listen, and and here's something else that happened in that game, too. Like, uh, just a weird fumble by Dak and then, you know, get a scoop and score. If that doesn't happen and Dallas keeps driving, it's even worse than this. Like, I want you to think about that. They they scored six points on offense. That uh, extra seven came from a defensive miscue or an offensive miscue, excuse me, and the defense capitalized on it. <clears throat> you get what I'm saying, Luch? Like, 
this could have easily been a 40 to six game. And, and, and that's not an exaggeration. Like that, if Dallas drives and scores on that drive, I mean, it starts to get really ugly. There are just so many uh, things we could talk about, but we might for time purposes just blend in you know, some notes from this past week with, with a little bit of a look ahead. But, I mean, huge win for the Jets. I just want to touch on that. Um, and even though they're in the same division as Buffalo, you know, the Texans with another loss on their resume helps Buffalo hunt for that <laughs> Excuse me, hunt for that wild card, which yeah. is their goal at this point, you know, even more. Uh, we don't need well, to talk listen, about – go ahead, go ahead. Let me say this about Buffalo. And, you know, you mentioned it, I think, two weeks ago. Kudos to you. Two weeks ago. Our good friend Luch here says, you know what? I I think this is wrong. I'm going to commit a few dollars to Buffalo going to the Super Bowl. Like the the, the odds shouldn't be where they are. And lo and behold, that's all they needed was our good friend Luch to just have a little faith with them on the sports books. I don't think they've they've lost a game since. Now, look, Dallas is coming to town at some point. Uh, So that's happening. And so we'll see. In fact, Dallas is coming this week. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll know a lot more. Listen, if they beat Dallas this week, Luke, I think suddenly the Bills, if they beat Dallas, I think the Bills suddenly feel like, wait a minute, not only can we go to the playoffs here, like we can beat anybody in the AFC. We, we don't feel like we're overmatched in the AFC. So – I think to me, Luch, I think this I think this game is a bigger game for Dallas than it is Buffalo for what it's worth, because here's why Buffalo's already just trying to get in. Dallas keeps winning. They got home field advantage. At least for the first week. So I first two weeks, I think. So I. I, I, I think this is a big game for Dallas coming up, but I just want to shout you out, out for that, man. Kudos. To, uh, to to get that in there, and listen, if they if they make the playoffs, Luch, and they get out of round one, uh, you might need to just start hitting that cash out button, buddy. Well, listen, but, but really, but really, all they got if they get into the AFC Championship, that that's that that's when it starts to get spicy. I, I think they need to win three. Three gets them in, probably. Cowboy, I mean, this schedule you know breaks out nicely for them having Dallas come up to Buffalo. Uh. But listen, they were a Kadarius Tony toe away from losing that game. As you know, a legal toe away. Well, there was still three minutes and some change left, though. Like Buffalo would have had a shot. So I don't want to count them out. Like true. They, they would have at least had an attempt to go down and get it done. Um, so so we'll see. But guess what? I mean, they hey receive listen, receivers have a couple jobs, Luch. They have a couple jobs. One of them is to catch the football. That that's one job, right? Another one is to make sure you line up properly. Come on, guy. And I know we've already visited that, but I just wanted to put that out there. We just have like, to keep talking about it. We have to. <laughs> like they they have a couple responsibilities. Like running backs have a couple jobs, right? Hit the right hole. You know, read your blocks. Don't fumble the football, right? If you're in pass protection, make sure you pick up. Which side? Make sure you understand the pass pro. 
right? You, you got to make sure you understand those things. So that they've got a job. The quarterback's got a job. Make sure they put the team in the right situation. Make sure they relate a play to the to, to the huddle. And then if they need to make changes, make sure they get the protections right. Make sure the receivers understand if there's an audible being called and the running back. Making sure that they, that they understand the coverage. Like they've got extra responsibility. And everybody gets paid to do something. Kadarius Tony gets paid to be a wide receiver. And here's which means the thing. he gets paid to line up properly. It's so much more than that. When the Chiefs acquired him, it was like a party on Bourbon Street. Well, we got Kadarius Tony. If he stays healthy, what a steal. What a fleecing. We I rem- I don't know what podcast it was on. We were on a podcast, and it's like, well, if the Giants, who had nobody in the receiver room at that point, and they still don't. I mean, this was pre-Jalen Hyatt, or this, whatever show we did when they acquired Tony, was way pre-before Jalen Hyatt. You know, they were still having the same group of slot receivers in their room. For them to give up on a receiver who was, you know, as, as – kind of highly touted as Tony was for the most part. I'm not saying this guy was like, you know, touted as a stud, but they knew he had a ceiling. And the only concern was, you know, after that, well, if he stays healthy, so much more than that. Clearly the Giants, you know, knew what they had in Tony. We've seen so many mistakes from him, not only physically with the drops, the mental errors. And I guess that's part of it. Lining up, you know, lining up, checking with the side judge. It's a, it's a culmination of things here. And I don't know if he's going to have a job next year with the chiefs. I mean, I wouldn't bring him back. He's done nothing for the Kansas city chiefs. And I, I hate talking so negatively, but we've seen, we've seen him kind of fail in every aspect of kind of doing his job in critical moments this season as a wide receiver. And he's not the only person to blame. And that's another thing. Patrick, like you said, Patrick Mahomes has never played a you know, place to blame on any of his teammates. He's a good leader. So that whole thing was just a little out of character. And just to circle back, I placed that Bills bet after they lost to the Eagles because I knew their path to – then they had the bye week in between, that, that loss and the Chiefs. I knew the odds probably wouldn't be uh, any better. And if they would be, it'd be because they were, like, borderline mathematically eliminated. So – We'll see. They got the Cowboys at home, as you talked about. It's a big 425 game. Then they got the Chargers, who are a mess. Somehow Brandon Staley hasn't been fired yet. Then they, they have the Patriots the and the Dolphins. Okay. They'll beat the Chargers. The Dolphins, I don't think they get. Because I think they're going, they got to go to Miami. I, I don't I don't think they get the Dolphins in Miami. I, I just well, I, it, I can't do that. It could be an interesting gamesmanship thing at that point. If everything's locked into place, it's the, it's week 18. It depends. Like would, do you value your health of your stars or like? So basically, what you're saying is Miami already has the AFC East locked up. They sit everybody, and Buffalo waltzes in, and they got to get a win. And Miami just kind of lays down and says, "Hey, you can have a win." Maybe, but they wouldn't like. No, dare, dare you I, I do don't that see that in a division. Foe? Listen, I, I, I'm perfectly fine putting Buffalo out of the playoffs. So I don't have to deal with them. Send them, send them home. You don't send want Josh home. Allen to get in. Yeah, yeah. Send them home. I'll play the Browns. I'll play the Steelers. I'll I'll play Denver. I don't want to see Buffalo in the playoffs in terms of in a division, you know, a division opponent. No, send them packing. They got to go. They got to go. Now, but guess what? But I understand the organization. Tua gets hurt. Tyreek gets hurt. Waddle gets hurt. You know, one of these running backs gets hurt. Somebody off the offensive line gets hurt. One of their primetime defensive guys like Jalen Ramsey, who's had some injury troubles here down the stretch past few years he gets hurt and it impacts you know their chances then everybody's saying we should have just sat him so i i get 
I get both sides of the coin there. In my mind, these are football players. They want to be competitive. I, I don't want to see Buffalo. Let's go ahead and get rid of them now. This coming Thursday, we have an absolutely atrocious uh, of a Thursday night football game, atrocious game uh, between the Raiders and the Chargers. 33 and a half point total and a three point spread. Well, we had a 30 point total the other night. And in the, in the first half, Luch, it looked like it was going to be an explosion. And guess what? We They were who we thought they were. Came back in the second half and did absolutely nothing. Uh, this is going to be a barn burner. I'm seeing 11 games on the Sunday card. Five of them have totals under 40 as of right now. So we're starting to see weather. We're starting to see cold. You know, we're starting to see, you know, some we're of the also starting teams. to see bad teams play bad teams. We're seeing bad teams play bad teams. And, you know, I'll try to tie some some things in from the previous week in with some matchups and some DFS here. But the highest point total on the Sunday card right now is that Buffalo Dallas game. Uh, that's a 49 point total. And, and it should uh, be. It should be. And the Rams and the Commanders is also a 49. But the Rams it also are, should be. The Rams are favored by six and a half. So it looks like they have one of the higher team totals on the slate. Where are Jets uh, Dolphins? Jets, Dolphins, 40 and a half. Miami is 11 and a half point favorite. So it uh, looks like they have a pretty respectable team total as well in Miami there. Yeah, I just want to get an idea um, because I do feel like, you know, Miami, they just end up with, with high totals because, I mean, th- their office has been uh, ridiculous. So, yeah. But, but... Same thing with Kansas City. Uh, they're 10 point favorites. The game total is 37 and a half. So, you know. Vegas still thinks they'll find ways to, uh, you know, rack up a decent uh, team total, which. What happens if Kansas City loses this week? (laughs) We might need to take a, we might need to take a mental vacation because I don't know if I can handle it. (laughs) Listen, Luch, I am not going to put it past Kansas City to lose this game against the Patriots. They got to, they got to go to New England. Do I, I think it, the Chiefs win? They should. But, man, Luch, we've just seen so many weird things. So many weird things. You know, I'm just looking at this slate. I'm looking at quarterbacks. I'm looking at matchups. You have Buffalo and Dallas, the two highest-priced DraftKings quarterbacks. Makes sense. You have Tua against the Jets. <clears throat> Mahomes against New England. CJ Stroud's banged up. He's playing Tennessee. I mean, that's a situation to monitor his health. We, You know, the Tennessee secondary is bad. Jeffrey Simmons probably going to be out again. He's out for Monday night against Miami. Um, and let's be real. The Titans might be fun next year when they bring in a bunch of pieces. But it's hard to watch now. I, I watch solely yeah. to see Will Levis do his thing, and I've seen enough. But if C.J. Stroud's healthy, you got to look at that secondary with Tennessee and think about, you know, attacking there. Now, we have Justin Fields at Cleveland, who was one of our calls last week. So. Uh, good stuff. You have Brock Purdy at Arizona. And there's a big debate about Brock Purdy. Oh, how can he be, uh, you know, an MVP candidate? All he does is, you know, run design stuff, design schemes in a great scheme. He has no A dot. He throws bubble screen passes, you know, all this stuff. He's just a system quarterback. He's still pushing it down the field a little bit. 368 yards against Seattle. Yeah. Do you know it's been since week, since week seven? He's completed at least 70% of his passes in every football game. I don't care what yeah. system you're in. If you're that efficient, you're doing something right. 25 touchdowns, yeah. seven picks. 
You know, he had that little injury, had a concussion, I think, or he was something. You know, they had that lull during that three-game stretch. But since that bye week, man, this mm-hmm. team is on another level. And, and Brock Purdy has a lot to do with it. Let me say this, Luke. I'm going away from the NFC. I'm going to bring it back to the AFC just for a quick second. And it might not seem like it, but I, I want to point this out. This is a huge week, and I mean huge week, for the AFC North. We, it's, we're, we're heading to week 15, and none of them are playing each other this week. The AFC North is the one division where, if, where right now everybody has a shot to get into the playoffs. As crazy as that sounds, everybody's got a shot. Luch, Bengals play the Vikings. Uh, Bears play the Browns. Jaguars play the Ravens. Steelers play the Colts. Nobody in the AFC North is playing each other this week. And if they all win, they're all still kind of in and, and in this weird on-the-bubble wildcard situation. This is incredible. This is an incredible week for the AFC North, Luch. Incredible. Can we just clap our hands for Delaware's finest, Joe Flacco? I'm incredible. Man just comes in off the practice squad, leads the team to victories. Lutz, then I caught this this morning. This is something I didn't realize. He actually goes back on the practice squad today and then comes off later. Unbelievable. And in fact, Lutz, other teams could sign Joe Flacco right now. Like, maybe they should. That that is something that can't happen. The Browns haven't signed him to a season long deal. I mean, in my mind, like, what are we doing here? Joe, here's what we want to do. We want you here for the rest of the season. Right? The teams rallied around them. I want to check this interview because they told me uh, they were talking about this morning that Joe Flacco was kind of talking in the locker room yesterday, and they said it was like drop-dead silence in there. Everybody's listening. Everybody's engaged. They said you could hear a pin drop. I- I'm going to check out this interview because I want to see it, but I-, I think that's the value of experienced quarterback play guys that have been there right it might not be pretty he's not the same old joe flacco but it's how i feel about andy dalton in carolina right if if andy dalton would have been given the keys to this team let, let me say this luke gosh I, I didn't think i was going to talk about the stupid awful carolina panthers today but i think it's it's relevant to our situation <laughs> i think this season goes way different if andy dalton leads the team to start the season and we bring bryce young along I think Carolina wins more football games. I think we I think we play a better brand of football, right? I still think we probably should have been more creative, but there's value in in, in the experience that these these older quarterbacks have. And Andy Dalton isn't like old, but he he's he's past the he's the starter every year now. Like now he's been relegated to a season backup who who's going to get paid good backup money because he can come in and still win football games. My point is there's value in the veterans. Now, in the in the Browns case, I know that Deshaun Watson got hurt. So that was the reason for the carousel. You know, after, after him getting hurt and being out, out of game, back of game, out of game, season-long in, in uh injury. But there's so much value in veterans that have been around the game that still have a lot left in the tank and a lot left to offer the game and offer a locker room, offer an organization. Once again, shout out to Joe Flacco. And listen, we've been right. We've been right a lot lately. We, like, 
little pat, little like verbal victory lap here. One thing I was very confused at and, and wrong initially about was what are the Bears doing? Bringing in Josh Sweat, or uh, excuse me, the Montez Sweat. Mix, I mix up my sweats sometimes. <laughs> uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was about a month ago. Was that in the trade deadline? Was about a month ago. Yeah, four games ago. And I tell you what, the Bears have won three football games since Montez Sweat came in. Josh Sweat's an eagle. That's why I was on my mind. Since, since Montez Sweat came in, <laughs> he has three and a half yeah. sacks in four games. And you know, I know they've played some kind of lower tier teams, but they've been a top five-ish defense in a lot of metrics. I mean, they they just blew that game against Detroit uh, earlier in November. They had a you know a positive game script in the second half. They got too conservative. They, if they should have won that football game too, they should have beat they should have beat the Lions the first time. You know, uh, they beat the Panthers. They beat the Vikings. Two disgusting football games. Um, then they come out and beat a Lions team at full strength on Sunday. Full strength Lions team. And I don't know. There's been so many rumors about, well, what are they doing with Justin Fields? Are they going to draft the quarterback? Is the head coach going to get fired? The head coach is going to get fired. They're looking at other coaches. This team has probably dealt with more off the field crap uh, just because, A, they're not a great football team, but they're not the worst team in the league right now. And they have all these high equity you know, draft positions that – I, I just I just can't imagine mentally, you know, how strong or or maybe not or like which is what Justin Fields is going through as a young quarterback, you know, who's dealt with various coaching changes, you know, didn't have the best talent around him. They bring in DJ Moore midseason, and you know, but did he get a fair shake? I don't know. Is he perfect? No. Does he make mistakes? Yeah. He holds on to the ball too long, right? He does some turnover worthy type things, but. Okay, this might not go over well with the listeners, but what would the what would the the drop off be or the difference be? How big of a gap I should say in results would it be? Here we go, buckle up for this one. <laughs> if Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields swapped uniforms, uh, I, I, listen, I, I, we've been doing this. We've been doing this song and dance long enough. I knew where this was headed already, and. I don't think it would be much different because what happens is this, Luch, if they just swap uniforms, then I'm going to put them in the same situation. You're basically giving Justin Fields two years to get acclimated to an offense, right? And this would be his third season with the Eagles. Am I right on that? Yeah, right? Because his second year was when they gave him the keys all the way. Like, he got the keys in his first season, kind of mid to end of the season, right, Luch? Right. Second 20, full season. Was there. In, yep. mm-hmm. Yeah. Second season was last year. They went to the Super Bowl. Third full season is this year. I think I think we see similar results. Here's here's my question for you. I, I do want to go back to the Bears. Well, 2020, oh, sure, sure, 2020, sure. 2020 was the first year that it was like, all right, like yeah. in 2021, kind of 2021 was the year where it's like, well, I don't know if he's the guy. We'll see. You know, he showed us a little in 20. You know, last year was the holy crap, he's arrived year. It was Jalen. Yeah. This, this is, is what it point. takes for most quarterbacks. Like, they need a little a little time right. to catch up. But here's my question, Luch. And I think this is from somewhat of an organizational standpoint. And then, and then I know we, we'll, we'll close out here 
as we continue on. If the Bears hit the full-blown reset quarterback button again, what are they going to do with Justin Fields? Because they can't keep him. I think too many teams will be calling. Absolutely. Absolutely. You see, you, you see what I'm saying? Like they, they, they can't keep him. So, so that that's that's number one. Then you just go and say, okay, so if they can't keep him, which teams are now looking for a quarterback? Like actually, to me, there's only a handful, Luce, that, that are actually say, okay, he would walk in and be our guy unless they just got rid of somebody else, mm-hmm. right? Unless they just got rid of him. Okay, I think there's a couple of teams. Luch, one, I think the Raiders. Like, I, I I don't think – they're playing Aiden O'Connell right now, so clearly Jimmy isn't the guy, right? You see what I'm saying? Clearly they're saying, okay, Jimmy isn't the guy. Raiders are one. Depending on what happens with the Vikings and Kirk Cousins, the Vikings are two. Not not in any order, not in any order. I'm just saying these are teams that right. could be legitimately looking for a quarterback. You got the Raiders, right. you got the Vikings. What is Atlanta gonna do? Yep. Okay, you, you got Atlanta. Atlanta, Atlanta's on that list. Now, this was sneaky, Lou. This was sneaky. It's not gonna be in the forefront right now, but I think they're close. What are the Buccaneers gonna do? You get what I'm saying? And all yep. of a sudden. What are the Patriots going to do? What are oh, the man. going to do? Oh, okay. Okay. Lose. That's a good one. And then, so that's five teams. And then you've got a handful of other teams that, like, you got the Seahawks with Geno, who, and I think they love Geno, and I think Geno loves being there. I don't think anything's going to happen there, but I'm saying Geno's still aging. He's still been in the league. Justin Fields could still be explosive. You know, I think the Titans are going to be com- com- committed to Will Levis, but what if they're not? Like what? They are. So they are. yeah. Um, what, what are the Saints all the way committed to Derek Carr? Like what? You see what I'm saying? And then suddenly, I'm not. And so for those teams, those are more on the outside looking in for me. But those other five: Vikings, Patriots, Falcons, um, uh, Raiders. Like those teams. Buccaneers, those teams could be legitimate spot landing spots for him, Luch. And I mean, I, I, I think it might be best for him. I, I really do. Get guess who? Guess who? I checked two sites to make sure. I checked Sport Rack and Over the Cap. Guess whose contract is on his last year next season? It's Justin Fields, right? Business that plays such a huge part in are the Bears going to move on? It's not almost not as much of do we not believe in Justin Fields? It's we're not winning now, and if we want him to stay, we're going with the way the quarterback market is, we're going to have to pay him a lot of money. No, listen, they to, don't have to pay him nearly as much as some of these established guys because he's unproven. But for where they are, but for where they are in the grand yeah. scheme of winning, it's you know what? Let's get some value for him from someone who's ready to take that next step or will look to pay him that believes in him. And we'll use our draft capital and get that, you know, rookie contract and that quarterback so we can build. They didn't, they did the, the, the most poor job building around Justin Fields because they didn't, they did not build around Justin Fields. It's almost like mid season last year. They're like, Oh shit, let's hit the panic button and get, let's get him a weapon. Let's get him somebody. Let's get him DJ Moore. Like they did nothing for Justin Fields. It was an epic fail. 
epic fell from top to bottom with 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 the Justin Field experiment. I, so I don't think he got a fair shake. And I hope he puts on a different uniform. And I think that's what's going to happen. Just with the business side of things, it makes all the sense in the world to try to hit one of these quarterbacks in the draft, try to get some capital for Justin Fields, and, and kind of, you know, try to actually build something instead of having, you know, another epic fail. Okay, before, so you know it, before you know it, a decade's gone. <laughs> a decade's gone. Go ahead. Let's talk through that very quickly, Deuce. I pulled up something while we were live here on the show, just talking about the quarterback averages per year. Uh, it hopefully doesn't have me lagging too bad. I am going to close it once we're done. But highest paid average per year right now is Joe Burrow at $55 million. $55 million. Behind him, Justin Herbert, $52.5 million. Behind him, Lamar, $52 million. Behind him, Hurts, $52 51 million. Uh behind him, Russell Wilson, 49 million. Kyler Murray, 46. Gino's at 25. Jared Goff is at 33. Derek Carr's at 37. At the bottom here, CJ Stroud at 9 million on his rookie contract. Trade Trevor Lawrence at 9 million. He's going to get restructured. Zach Wilson at 8. Anthony Richardson at 8. Eight, Tua at seven, uh, and his is going to get restructured. My point is this. Where does Justin Fields fall in that category? I, I Luge, I, I don't think you can pay Justin Fields more than $30 million a year right now. And, no, and this is coming from somebody that actually likes Justin Fields. So do I, and I get it. And he certainly it's certainly not in Chicago's plan to pay a quarterback $30 million a year right now. So when you have the opportunity – you have a top, you know, a top pick. Now, and and just Listen, from me following, Justin Fields is going to be a business decision. They can pay Caleb Williams nine million a year, nine ten million a year over the next what? Let's call it three seasons, Luch. And if he produces, they'll probably probably restructure year three, get him more guaranteed money, you know, get him up to that upper echelon. But like, and that's the thing. Like, I think Justin's okay. I think he'll land somewhere, but. Even from a business decision, like, I, look, it's hard to find the quarterback. It just is, right? But from a business decision, they're right, going to exactly. save so much money That's by bringing in Caleb Williams. Like, they're just going to save the money. That's it's exactly exactly. I, I let off with that exact point, and you hammered it home. It's exactly right. And before we move on, I know we have to talk a little bit about a look ahead because we went on a tangent, but that's what we do here, folks, is – in more ways than one, the quarterback is the starting pitcher of football. They control the game, you know, but not only, you know, off the field stuff, like off the field wise, the market's just unbelievable. Like they're the market. There's no other position that commands this kind of value and money like the quarterbacks do or like your elite starting pitchers do. Okay. Otani is an exception. He plays both ways. By the way, crazy yeah. week in baseball. Crazy week yeah. in baseball. Sorry for another time. But just for me, you know, following the Tennessee organization as close as I do, obviously. When Ryan Tannehill signed that massive deal in 2020, I mean, they were playing great football. They had the team around him, you know, AFC championship appearance. I get it. He was the third highest paid quarterback. And everyone's like, wow, they overpaid for Tannehill. But the market just keeps resetting. And now you fast forward to 2023. And of course, Tannehill is old news. But, you know, he is like the, I don't know, 17th, you know, highest valued contract right now among all quarterbacks. It just keeps 
revolving, right? The contracts come and go, and the market continues to rise. But so who's going to be the quarterback, Luke, that says, hey, guys, listen, and it's going to have to be a big name, right? Who's going to be the quarterback that says, hey, look, I know that I'm worth this, but I want to win championships. Right. How can we structure this thing so it's fair, right? I want to get what I'm worth, but I don't want you to overspend. Like, well, like it's do, probably do not going to be Caleb Williams since he wants equity in a franchise. I mean, what is he <laughs> is? He's Come Michael on, Jordan. Kid. That's what he thinks. What are you not? <laughs> no, I get it, but you get. <laughs> But you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I know. Let's everybody just go and watch the movie Air and you'll know what I'm talking about. And, uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, um, I mean, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Anyway, hope you enjoyed our little off the rails. You know, we do that sometimes. If, if you've been one of our listeners since we were in the bubble for NBA, I mean, we talk about, you know, where they, where the guys played in college and how things have transitioned. So, yeah, thanks for sticking with us this season. We're having a blast, yeah. and and we did do some look ahead stuff. We talked about Cowboys Bills, and right. we talked about the, the the AFC North, and you know Ravens playing. We maybe not specifically, but none of them are playing each other. You know, Chiefs at the Patriots. So yeah, we 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 talked about a few things. Let me say this: here's my bold call, because we do get a Saturday game this week. I think the Broncos beat the Lions. And that's kind of not bold. The Broncos' defense has really loosed. I mean, really shaped up down the stretch here. I think I think the Broncos get the Lions, and when they get the Lions, I think I think they're on the way to the playoffs. Man, Lions. this thing would look a hell of a lot different if they beat Houston two weeks ago in that barn burn, down to the wire. Do you, you know, see what I'm saying? Imagine oh, yeah. if they would have beat Houston. They would have probably already be locked up in the wild card and just needed to keep sustaining. And, and, and look, I'm going to get off this because we got to get off the air. But 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 – Somebody said it, you know, on the air, I think either today or over the weekend. And I've said it before as well, Luke. For all the, the slack that Sean Payton took, this is also why you went out and got Sean Payton. See, we thought this season was over. And all of a sudden, competent coaching makes competent football teams. Think about it, Luke. Competent coaching makes competent football team now we're not saying they're number one team in the league but look at they're, they're playing competent football right and, and and not only that they made a business decision because i know their phone was ringing on holding on to jerry judy and yeah he's underperformed he's been pretty bad but now you're in the thick of things and you have him and we know he's talented and he just hasn't put it yeah. together but now that decision looks a little bit better right now doesn't it in terms of maybe making a run this season yeah, I mean, look, for all intents and purposes, Luke, if the Broncos get to the playoffs this year, that's a win for this team. Like, and I'm saying an accomplishment. I'm not, you know, it, it's it's an accomplishment considering where they've been the past few seasons. Like, I, I think people may have forgotten about the Drew Locke seasons. Um, the the um, what's the other guy? A quarterback played at Memphis. Peyton. Uh, Oh, I can't oh. You know who I'm talking about? That Paxton season. Lynch. Yeah, Paxton, Paxton Lynch. Yeah, the Trevor Simeon seasons, right? Yeah. You see, what I'm saying? you start going back, and you're like, wait a minute, it's been ugly. It, it's been ugly in Denver. If they get into the playoffs, this is a huge accomplishment for a team that got beat by beat that that let another team score 70 points on them this season. 
Huge and accomplishment. Boy, that if that ain't the most no faith league thing ever, I don't know. I don't know what. what would there we go. There we go. I'm I'm just scrolling through some of these matchups, and we you know we talked about some of the low totals. Um, I'm looking at wide receiver, and a couple weeks ago, Cooper Cup got hurt. Uh, I had him on my King of the Beach team. It was a great day for me. Being sarcastic here, I was happy to be there. Didn't work out. He looked pretty banged up, but he goes in the pouring rain in Baltimore and carves up the Ravens. It looks like he's back, and he's 7,800 on DraftKings against Washington. There's your cash game, like optimal high floor, high ceiling combo play. I don't even have to look any further. It's Cooper Cup at 78. He looks fine. Yeah. As long as he practices in full, you know, to end the week, or maybe they'll probably maybe give him a little bit of rest earlier this week. That's fine. But we can tie that in with a monster win for Baltimore, the sloppy weather conditions, a heartbreaker for the Rams. They had the ball in hand, trying to win, you know, to either tie, win, um, you know, went to overtime, didn't work out. Uh, but kudos to them. You know, West Coast team called them all the way out to the East Coast. They're used to playing inside. Matt Stafford has been terrible historically playing outside. He's been playing in the Dome his whole career for all of his home games. Uh, they come out and bring, bring the Ravens to OT. And I know the Ravens, you know, I know they're without Mark Andrews and they've had some injuries as well. But uh, Isaiah Likely stepping up. There were some horrendous blown coverages from the Rams in this game. I don't know if you saw Isaiah Likely's touchdown. Blown coverage. Like, not, not not taking away anything from Likely's performance and Lamar's performance. Blown plays football. Blown coverage. Yeah. Blown play. But, you know, that game had a projected total of, like, what, 38? And I think it got bet down from the open. Yeah, because of the, the possible weather. It was. It, I mean, the weather was there. It was, yeah. it was ugly. But what a freaking shootout. Was that the highest total? Was that the highest scored game of the week? Was I think I think it might have been. Yeah, I, it, may, it may have been because Atlanta, mean, because Atlanta, yeah, it had to be because it was 37 31. And I think Atlanta and the Buccaneers was what 29 24, 29 25. Yeah, that one was 29 25. Bengals were 34 14. Browns and Jags 31 17. Those were our really like kind of highest score. Score was behind that would have been 49 of Seahawks at 28 16. So, yeah, definitely highest score. Um, of the week in terms of total game. We did have some teams that got, you know, close to 30, over 30, 28, but the other teams didn't do much. Yeah. Um, one more note, and we were talking about CJ Stroud. Nico Collins had a calf injury. So, boy, I mean, for DFS purposes, you know, you're hoping he suits up against Tennessee because if you're not looking at Cooper Cup, you got to think about Nico Collins in that matchup. Houston, uh, the Houston injury report is going to be one to – monitor this week uh, a couple other ones that just catch my attention before we uh, hit story time and close oh, it out. our biggest barn burner of the week was vikings raiders oh good lord three zero unbelievable justin jefferson <laughs> big story in that game josh uh, Dobbs, yeah man josh Dobbs threw him a hospital ball in traffic and he went up caught it and got laid out and uh it's a chest injury so hopefully you know he has a speedy recovery there and uh we're starting to see the josh Dobbs that got you know cut from arizona the, the Josh Dobbs that the Titans didn't bring back after a plug-in play last season. A great story. Like he, you know, some guys are just a spark and they're able to, you know, make things happen. And we're finally starting to, to see, you know, the Listen, level of play. A little bit of regression. A little bit of regression. Yeah. He's been in the league a few Like, look, but here's the thing. You could do worse at, at, at backup quarterback than Josh Dobbs. He's a high-end QB too. High-end yeah. backup quarterback. Yeah. Uh, and, and, shout, and, and shout out to Josh Browning, who has proven to at least be that so far. And, you know, in what we've seen, I mean, uh, I, Jake, I Browning. Jake, 
uh, Washington, right? Yeah, Washington. I've I've been that's where he played college football. I yeah, um absolutely, absolutely. I've been like blown away with how he's has this offense hasn't missed a beat. And before this week, despite plugging him in for Burrow, they were still passing at the third highest neutral rate in the league. So they basically gave him the keys and ran the same exact offense. And my tip my well, cap. I, well, what does that sound like though? What? What does that sound like to you? It sounds like they trust them. It sounds like the 49ers. See? So so think about that, Lucy. And this is me. I'm always, I'm always comparing and analyzing and looking. And this is what we did with the 49ers. They had Jimmy, they had all these guys. They're like, oh, it's a plug-in playoff. You plug them in, they're successful. And there probably are some conceptual things that help the quarterbacks get acclimated and move the offensive along. So we can't ignore that. But here's why I'm bringing this up. There's one important reason. If the 49ers in the Shanahan offense have been able to kind of create this kind of, hey, we get creative enough to win, we can move the football, so forth and so on, it's no secret or it's no uh, flaw that the Cincinnati Bengals past two seasons have been able to compete for championships. You see what I'm saying? You see where I'm headed with this, Luch? It's no, it's no secret. Like it's, it's, it's not, it's not a fluke that they got to a Super Bowl or almost to a Super Bowl. Um, I, I don't think it's a fluke that this team can continue to get better if Joe Burrow completes a healthy recovery. They continue to invest in their offensive line. They continue to invest in their defense because I believe their wide receiver room is a quality wide receiver room. T. Higgins might be another one that's that's available uh, after this season, or if I'm not mistaken, Luke. T. Higgins could be in that conversation. Listen, if I'm Kansas City, I'm calling. You better be making that call. Um, but I'm, I'm saying that to say if Cincinnati can get healthy, they could be very problematic again coming in the next season. I think they could catch some steam. I agree. And and be another problem team. And we could very well see them on, on their way to another possible Super Bowl, especially with Kansas City falling behind. Story time. You got anything good? Man, I, I've got all kind of good things good. And listen, man, I'm going to let you guys kind of hang out into my, into my personal life here, Luch. For those of you that don't know, I like to watch clean television. So I'm not really into like, you know, all of the drama. When I say drama TV, I'm talking about like housewives and just I like to watch positive things. Right. I like, I like to create positive energy. It's just kind of kind of my jam. So the Hallmark Network loops just keeps cranking out. Just feel good Christmas movies. Uh, around this time. I mean, so many new ones. And uh, so I just, you know, for me, my story time is, you know, continue to put get good into your life or put good in or put good out and you'll get good back. If you put good in, you also get good. You also have, have good out output as well. But that's my thing, man. Like, take some time, get, hop off your TikTok, hop off your X or your Twitter, where we got the DFS beef and and you know the the, the rapper beef and all, all this drama, just hop off for a, you know an hour or two, and and just watch you something feel good. Watch the movie Elf. If, if you don't have to watch watch Elf, watch Home Alone. Just watch a good Christmas feel good movie, Luke. And I'm telling you, man, that, that positive energy gets going and good things continue to happen. So 
uh, that's my story time. I let I let everybody in into my personal life there a little bit. I love the Hallmark Channel, especially when these Christmas movies come out. Luch. I'm a big like Christmas guy. Like I love Christmas. Um, and so there you have it. Yeah, I love to hear that. Christmas is big in this house too. I, it doesn't have to be a Christmas movie. Just watch a feel good movie. Yeah. Just take some time out, watch something that makes you feel good. I love it. Yeah. So much, so much negativity. So much. You know, hate in the world. So much garbage going on. Turn on the news. It's just depressing. And I get it. Like, it's real life. You have to deal with it. <laughs> you have to know what's going on. I have a Well, real life has positive things that happen, exactly. too. Exactly. Let's not let the, the dark stuff totally consume you. And, you know, you still got to find ways to, you know, be happy. Oh, well, yeah. To a degree. To a degree, at least. Like, try. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe some people will be ha- Listen to this terrible segue. Maybe some people will be happy after week 14. Big week in fantasy sports. It's mostly the last regular season week of you know annual league season long fantasy playoffs. So good luck to all of you in your home leagues with your bragging rights or you know your high stakes industry drafts. Best ball regular season is wrapping up, so there'll be some pretty big regular season prizes handed out um, on sites like Underdog. Uh, but also the best ball playoffs are starting up, so. Good luck to all of you who've been grinding away and all of you who uh, support Spike Week with our guys, Eric, Rob, and everybody else over there, a hacker uh, on Spike Week who just does a tremendous job. And there's playoff best ball as well, and they're pumping out content for that too. So uh, we'll see. I should have, I don't know, I might have like a dozen uh, BBM teams make it, maybe like 13 or 14, but uh, I have three 555 DK entries, and I'm thinking one might squeak in after tonight. So all you need is one, baby. And uh but we'll see what happens. But uh, I'll be watching Jordan Love on Monday Night Football for sure. So good luck to everybody. It, it's starting to get exciting. It's you know one of the craziest times of the year. And I know this is an NFL pod, but uh, college bowl season is here. And uh, it's going to be fun. And you know, you'll see – well, you won't see as many of these future pros suit up anymore as a lot of them are going to opt out. But you'll definitely see some, see some future NFL pros take the field you know, in some of these big bowl games toward the end of the year. That's Absolutely. just my, my story time is just a, hey, good luck, everybody. And, uh, you know, if this podcast does anything, hopefully some of the tidbits either help you and win a little bit of money or just you enjoy our conversation and have you thinking uh, about some different things that you probably won't hear on any other podcast uh, you know, on Roto Grinders this week. So if you're into some of that outside the box, let's talk about quarterbacks, contracts, business, and what the hell's going on in the league, then uh, you might have found a home here with us. So, Chief, let's head out of here. Yeah, man. Let's do it, brother. And uh, thanks, everybody, for hopping in, man. You know, catch me on Twitter at ChiefJustice06. And, uh, you know, I'm doing t- tons of content for Roto Grinder all the time via the Pick'em Streets, the Blitz, a whole bunch of other things. And uh, we, j- we just really thank you guys for joining us, man, e- each week and allowing us to your podcast and to your homes and to your workouts and listening to a couple fans rant and rave about real, f- real uh, football and a little bit of DFS at the same time. Thank you guys so much. We'll catch you next week. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the football and take care.